This is the Movie Hall of Fame for Thursday, August 12th, 2021. Adam Hall, I turned 26 in three days. Okay. I'm not happy about it. Kind of appropriate for this topic today, but I'm not struggling with with 26. You're the only person I've ever met that has struggled with the age of 26. It's a very insignificant age, you know. I'm struggling. It's just why I'm having a hard time. I'm dreading that morning. (laughs) What's the difference between 26 and just the day after? Shouldn't that day just be just as freaky to you? No, believe me, the whole year will be a house of horrors. (laughs) Every day I will wake up and I will say to myself, "I'm 26. What am I doing with my life?" Who cares? Who cares? You said something insane before we started recording, which was not really. Yeah, because you're you want to go on the old beach <laughs> and just like yeah, sure. slowly lose your sense of hearing and, and sight and just, you know, just drift off into oblivion. It becomes quite, quite a peaceful thing. You know, that that level of acceptance, doesn't it? I was upset, though. They didn't like, like before we recorded. I said I was excited to go gray. They didn't go gray. You know, <laughs> Some of them got a little speckled, of speckled and gray are little very, pepper, little salt and very pepper. different things. Yeah, <laughs> the kids got a little gray, I guess. But Gael Garcia Bernal, there was there was some gray in there. Yeah, sure, sure. It I, was very subtle with the adults, oh, I would say. Subtle, but yeah. We'll talk about that, by the way. Yeah. But uh, I could, I could, yeah. I'm, I'm very excited to go gray. I'm very excited to get to that age where people are saying, "Oh, wow, you, you, <laughs> you look." You look like you're 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 forty years old. How old are you actually? Well, I'm sixty. What? You're the youngest looking sixty year old I've ever seen. You better hope you're one of those guys, though. Look at me now. <laughs> it's true, because I've met some guys that they say that they're sixty. I was not kidding you. I was talking. Oh, those guy. people are the fucking worst. Not fucking kidding you. <laughs> not kidding. I was just talking to a seventy five year old retiree. And for some reason, I don't, don't ask how I got in this situation, but I'm sitting there and I'm having a conversation and all he's talking to me about is his heart problems. Yeah, that's all he's they, just going through a laundry list of I can't bend over right anymore. My heart feels like it's about to explode. <laughs> I'm on this and this medication. The dude walks, I mean, half a mile an hour at the fastest. That's like his top speed. He goes from zero to half a mile an hour, this guy. Jeez. And I, you know, he says to me, he goes, you know, I look young. I look young, but I still can't move. The guy's 75. I'm not kidding you. He looked about 90. <laughs> I look he young. He tells me I look young. I fucking hate those people I'm so not, yeah, much. You might be that guy one day. I fucking hate that. See, people. I don't want to become that man. It's either you die or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. I would never self-prescribe myself. I, like, I, I'm just used to people thinking that I'm younger than I actually am. You and me both. So I'm just like, all right, that's fine. I guess I'm I guess I'm 12. Who knows what our 30s have in store, that's though. That's true. Man. You never know. My mom used to work with old people, and she has great stories about how 80 comes and it's either going to be amazing for you or it's going to be fucking horrible. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) but at that point, who two paths diverge in the forest. (laughs) At that point, who cares? (laughs) Who gives a shit? That's it. You're 80 years old. This is it. I'm here, buddy. Hello, God. We're talking about this today. It's like (laughs) there are some people that are just totally cool with dying once they pass 90. 
It's like they just lose the will to live and it's like, whatever, just like I'll die tomorrow. I'll die next week. Pick a day and I'm good. We have a long ways to go, Nico. Yeah, we do. Yeah. We do. I, a, a lot of people say, you know, it's it's oh, it's happened so fast. Dude, fucking 26 has been a long time coming. Yeah. <laughs> It's been a long fucking time. I just want to say that right now. Uh, and, I, and you and I are going to live for another 26 years plus. Right. <laughs> so it's like, you know, I, I don't I don't know. Like I, that. I, I'm just being I'm procrastinating. Now, that is no, the no, Chris no. Rock bit, right? Of, <laughs> they say life is short. Now, life is long. long. <laughs> it is long. Right. No, I'm pro- here. This is what it is. I'm procrastinating on on my fear. Does that make sense? Sure. I'm just like, yeah, I'll be afraid when it when it when I'm like 90. It's, two. it's like it's that fine. feeling of you know you've been a little loose with your money the last couple of months and you're just dreading the feeling of opening the bank yeah. account to see yeah. how much is in there <laughs> that's what a- it is and then one day you, you like try using the debit card and it doesn't work <laughs> that ever happen to you sometimes <laughs> a few times for me <laughs> but i'm like cold like stone cold i'm happy i'm good and then all of a sudden i sit down in my bed right. and then i just start sobbing and i don't understand why i'm <laughs> sobbing right. this has never happened to me before yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, what an appropriate topic for this week's podcast. All I want to say is what? that like 26 is a big whole heap of fucking whatever. Yeah, I'm matter. sure. I'm and, sure. And you should, you should work on that. My friend, I'm in my late twenties. It's right. not fun. Whatever. I don't like whatever. it. Uh, what are you going to do when you turn like uh, you, 30, 30? Well, no, 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 uh-huh. not 30. What are you going to do when you turn 40, man? 30 is going to be fun. 30 is going to be fun. See, I feel like, see, I've heard 30. Your 30s are pretty sick. Yeah. Like, if you do it right, like, your 30s <laughs> If you are, do it right. If yeah, you, your 30s rule. <laughs> you got your mortgage figured out. You got your vacations planned in advance. Right. You know exactly who you should be hanging out with. Sure. You've, you've said fuck you to all the other people. Right. Yeah. Right, right, At that right, point, right, right. You, you're, you're pretty much there. Assuming you have life figured out by 30. Yeah. <laughs> which I am very far from. <laughs> Matter of perspective. Right. Um, Bill Gates doesn't have life figured out. Okay, I just want to say that. I'm hoping that I. I'm hoping clearly. <laughs> His ex-wife's about to become the richest woman in the world, so apparently not. Uh, yeah, I. I'm hoping that when I turn 30, a switch will like go off in my brain. I'm hoping. I hope that doesn't like rebound onto me, and then it's like, oh god, it hurts. The right, sw- the switch has been because like been thirty flipped. for me is the final boss in my head, at least. Like I'm not that worried about forty and fifty yet. Maybe when I'll get there, it'll be worse. But thirty is this thing that's just been staring me dead in the eyes, and just like, are you ready for me yet? Like a starfish. Are you ready for me? just like? What a transition. <laughs> uh, the Suicide Squad. Oh, we're doing that already. Okay. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, we're taking a break from our regularly scheduled programming yet again. That's right. Um, I watched one more Harry Potter movie since the last oh, time cool. we hung out. So we're the, almost halfway there. All you, Oh, one more. You've only watched. Well, I guess you have two more weeks. You're just stretching it and coming up with more ideas. <laughs> <laughs> I watched another one. So yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't pod next week. So I guess <laughs> right. the week after you should be good. <laughs> Right. You know what, Adam? I decided to to watch more <laughs> Harry Potter, but then I thought, you know what? I'm going to watch Friday the 13th instead. Yeah. Is that what it's going to be? That would really make me mad. If I, I'm just like, I, I wanted to see what happened when Jason took Manhattan? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would really piss me off. <laughs> want to see what, it's, you, <laughs> what Jason Voorhees is like in the Big Apple? You've never been more full of shit in your life. <laughs> You're resorting to watching Friday the 13th films <laughs> to avoid Harry Potter. <laughs> I just want to figure out why Jason went to hell. <laughs> you know? Why is he so mad? I thought he was Freddy. Catholic. I thought he, <laughs> thought was, he Catholic. was Catholic. Uh, he's a Buddhist. Uh, 
Okay. Yeah. Let's talk Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. The Suicide Squad, I should say. A movie that just hit HBO Max and theaters nationwide was a colossal disappointment at the box office. Don't know what Warner Brothers feels about it in terms of HBO Max subscribers. Like, that's the thing. Box office numbers are starting to dwindle in relevancy. And I think, like, if another 2 million people signed up for HBO Max, I don't think Warner Brothers really cares. I guess. I don't know how to measure it. Yeah. I've, I've long stopped caring about box office stuff. Mm, yeah. I know. It's hard to judge, you know. It is. You know, it, it's inter- inter- interesting to study what movies make money and how some movies will lose money depending on their length or their rating and stuff like that. And how there's sort of a relative thing that people forget depending on how much that movie costs and right like like a lot like for example I, I I use this example a lot where it's like you call Justice League the Joss Whedon want a bomb which technically it was right but it made six hundred million dollars exactly it's like what the, all relative yeah. but see even then I mean this is a fairly new thing it's really more of a streaming wars yeah question. Yeah, the money that a movie made at the box office was the end-all be-all in terms of if it was a success. Occasionally, a Shawshank Redemption would do well in video rental, and occasionally a Castaway would do well on on cable. And there were other revenue streams for these movies, but it used to be pretty black and white in terms of a movie did not make back its budget at the box (laughs) office, so therefore it is a failure. Now, and the same thing is actually happening on television. Sure. Live ratings and box office are second to the number of subscribers you bring to the parent company's streaming service. So the office, although at the time was considered a moderate success for NBC, maybe it got like 10 million viewers a week or whatever. Now it is the golden goose of Peacock. Yeah. It's the only reason why people sign up for Peacock. (laughs) And everything is sort of filtered through that now where companies are not transparent about how many people are actually watching their shows on streaming services. (laughs) We have, yeah, we have no idea. (laughs) Like they say things like the queen's gambit was the number one limited series starring Anya Taylor joy in the, you know, every other Tuesday or something. And they're never telling you the numbers. They're just being very vague about it being a success, but everything seems to be a success now. Like Warner Brothers has been taking victory laps about all of their movies on HBO Max. We don't know if they made money. They probably lost money. Yeah, sure. But for them, it's all about long term. Are we adding value to the library? Are we bringing subscribers in? Yeah. You know, are we strengthening the brand? Um, So we're in a weird spot now where it's like everything's a failure and everything's a success at the same time. (laughs) That's sort of how I felt about Tenet. Tenet was an interesting example where they were took them a long time to admit that it didn't do very well even when you look on like like uh wikipedia now when you always have the little excerpts about how how a film did whether or not it was a bomb a flop a disappointment whatever Mm. and uh, even on that there it's like warner bros is it's not willing to admit the fact that it was not very good successful it it was a it was a colossal failure didn't do so well uh financially but even like that's a funny one though where it's like 300 plus million and it's like yeah not nothing right it's not like it's not i wouldn't call it a colossal failure it's a christopher nolan action movie though yeah well it's it's a failure for christopher nolan i guess yeah those things don't make under 100 million in the u.s sure you know and it made like what 30 here i don't know i think it made more than that i don't know really that i'm I'm, it's shockingly low well i mean new york and la weren't open yeah that's true but but like you look on wikipedia and they're they're like but it was deemed you know not you know not (sighs) They basically say, I think it was deemed a disappointment. $50 million domestic. Wow. 
333 worldwide. It's really bad. Really bad. That's really bad. But here's the thing. If Warner Brothers announces their HBO Max um, gimmick, whatever you want to call it, like they did with Wonder Woman, and mm. they said Tenet's coming to everyone's home and theater at the same time. They probably wouldn't have been as upfront about that. Either. Well, who cares? <laughs> but like, it, it, that's the thing. Who cares? People are saying it about Suicide Squad this week. People were saying it about In the Heights. In the Heights did very poorly its opening weekend. But who cares? It's bringing subscribers to HBO Max, and it's keeping shareholders happy. And the stock went up. Cool. So I guess you know. I don't know. <laughs> Even Black Widow, same thing. Black, like Black Widow did fairly poor for you know Marvel standards. I guess I don't. Again, now, like you said, I don't really know what that means. It's all relative now. It's yeah. all sort of relative. Yeah. And it's all made up. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. all made up. I mean, sometimes theaters don't take away as much. That depends on the deals that certain studios strike. Right. And it depends relative to certain movies. Right. Which is why you get something like. Fury Road, which is an interesting example where it looks like it made money, but it actually lost $40 million, mm. which is weird. Every, everyone thinks of that movie as like both a commercial and a financial success, or at least a moderate financial success, but that's actually not true. Yeah. You yep. Know? So, yeah, it's, it, the, 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 the waters are getting muddled for sure. I'm not interested in box office results, man. Okay. I'm not interested. Who cares at this point? Tell me this. Were you interested in the Suicide Squad? Yeah, somewhat. Okay. Somewhat. It looks so fucking weird where it's like, hey, I, I got to check it out. I like James Gunn. I'm willing to see this stuff. And it looks like an interesting heel turn for these DC movies. Fine. Fine. In some ways, yeah. Yeah. In some ways. Yeah. <laughs> in some ways, for sure. In some ways. It's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So this um, is, of course, a sequel to one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I don't remember a thing about that movie. The original the Suicide Squad. I really don't remember anything. Caught that thing at uh, like one o'clock on HBO. I was yep. just like flipping through the channels and uh, that night is just a daze. It's like I blacked out. I yeah. mean, it was it just so horrendously bad around every turn. Like new awful surprises awaited you. Like just when you saw the animation for the Enchantress, like all of like mm. the, the smoke and mystical gases blowing out of her. It's like... <laughs> then we go to that climax with the alligator and <laughs> <laughs> it's not a movie. It's not a movie. It's, it's a, it's an ex- elongated trailer. Like just the editing of the scene where they introduce the Joker is oh, pretty God. astounding. Astounding. Real. It's, I mean, I've never seen anything like it in the worst possible way. Right. I don't know. It's, but it's amazing to me when I see like, like fuck ups like that, because I, again, it's like one of those Neil Breen things. How do you look at that and think that it's good? Mm. It doesn't make any sense to me at all. Yeah. That movie's, it, the, the and other, David Ayer is like, there's a cutout there that's actually good. I hated that post he put by the way. <laughs> oh, I he, when you when you write in your your little expose that I wrote a movie with arcs. <laughs> you wrote a movie with arcs. Oh wow, that's amazing. I've never seen a movie with arcs before. <laughs> Interesting, complex characters, programmable virtual reality. Uh, <laughs> Secret government secrets. (laughs) (laughs) What are you talking about, David Ayer? (laughs) I liked the Snyder Cut. I really enjoyed talking about the Snyder Cut. But the Snyder Cut has done unquestionable damage to the movie industry. You think so? No question about it. (laughs) Because now every bad movie that comes out, the director is going to come out and be like, you know, if the studio just let me do what I wanted to do. It's only done... (laughs) 
It's, it's what's happening now. No, it's only done damage if David Harris Gun of Suicide Squad actually comes out. If, yeah, if, oh, if, <laughs> if only they made me the, let the alligator fucking. I don't know. He's a crocodile. Have scales. It's Killer Croc. Not an alligator, Nico. It's a crocodile. Apologies. Mm. Uh, okay, so <laughs> bad movie. <laughs> yes. But massive success at the box office. Strangely, yeah. Does really, really well. They order a second one. And around the same time, James Gunn has a bunch of resurfaced tweets making jokes about dead babies and shit. Yeah. Right? I thought he was like liberally using the word retard a lot too. And that's right. bothering people. Right. Which, by the way, if you've, you know, God, people are so fucking stupid. <laughs> if, if you've ever seen James Gunn's like trauma work. Right. Like, what are you doing? Right. <laughs> Why are you complaining about this? It's 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 a far cry from the worst thing that James Gunn has ever said or done, by the way. No question. I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's that community that's not used to seeing their director, superhero, like heroes saying stuff like that. I don't know. It, it was a lot of bad faith outrage is what I would say. It was like the kids getting upset, but it's like, look at this guy's history right <laughs> with, with with jokes with film christ have you seen super right <laughs> exactly <laughs> what do you expect of your heroes ellen page rapes rain wilson <laughs> <laughs> anyway um yeah so bad uh, uh uh bad news for for old james gunn he gets kicked off of guardians of the galaxy part three and then DC quickly snatches them up before their Suicide Squad sequel, thinking that, oh, he made this one sort of edgy, in heavy quotes, edgy, like, group assemble superhero movie. And so why can't he make Suicide Squad? They're sort of cut from the same cloth. Yeah. Guardians in this one. In a way. Um, and then uh, Marvel, a couple months later, is like, oh, we have second thoughts. We're going to bring him on for Guardians of the Galaxy Part 3 after all. So he's currently in development for that. But right now he was tasked with fixing the Suicide <laughs> Squad. And did you think this was a successful fix? Yeah. Okay. You like the movie? Yeah. It's a good movie. Okay. I'm not like in love with it at all. It kind of checks the boxes um, and sort of rushes itself along. I was very like like taken aback by how fast this movie moves. Very and fast. Sort of expects me to like buy into this 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 world. It's weird like jumping into it because the first movie is such a blur for me mm. that I I can't even really comment on it. And I feel like even if I had rewatched the film, this still would have felt like whiplash, and I wouldn't have been able to get my footing. Because I mean, they're radically different movies. Yeah. You know, just in, in tone and spirit and how seriously they take each other. <laughs> so, and it's also a movie that seems um, that it doesn't like the first movie at all. Like it, it no. feels like James Gunn is actively killing the first movie <laughs> on screen. In some cases, quite literally by killing off some of the main characters in the first five minutes. At times, yeah. It's very like punk rocky in that way. Right. You know, I mean, maybe not to the degree that like, Rise of Skywalker resents Last Jedi. So no, it's not as obvious as that. No. But yeah, uh, but I mean, on, after that opening sequence that we get in this movie, it quickly transitions into its own thing. I guess. I mean, uh, Amanda Waller does get hit over the head with a golf club. Yes. So there's that. But sure. they don't kill her. They still use her. They don't. So yeah, I, I thought mean, she was much better in this movie. But yeah, way. yeah, I agree. He's she's actually like 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 intimidating in a way. Right. And 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 sometimes kind of funny. Right. Um. I, I, I don't know. It's 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 not a great movie at all. Um, not as great as what a lot of people have been saying. A lot Agree. of people love this movie. Agree. Um, but like it's 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 a 
it's more James Gunn than Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. By far. This feels like, to me, what James Gunn would have done with a high budget had he not been grabbed by Marvel. Because it, it might as well be a sequel to Super. And a Is lot. it a better movie than either of those Guardians movies, though? No. It's not? No. I feel the same way. No. Strangely. So what does that tell you? I don't know. I don't know. I like Super maybe more than the first Guardians of the Galaxy, so okay. I don't know. I, see, I didn't like Super that much. I, I, and there's that, and there's Slither. Slither's definitely better. I haven't than, seen Slither. Yeah, Slither's awesome. But yeah. that's the same thing. Yeah. Same, like, you, you give them somewhat of, of a budget to make a B-movie. That's sort of a callback to Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Right. And let him have fun and be his James Gunn self. And yeah. this is what you get. And it feels like a piece. Yes. You know, as, as bizarre as it is. And he sort of cultivated his own sort of weird, twisted, kind of devious uh, filmmaking style or sensibilities, whatever you want to call it all that right and it's it's brought to life further here i just don't think the execution is always spot on there's a there's a yeah. lot of like i don't know how to describe it there's just instances where like he doesn't feel like he's on his game mm. and the best way i can explain it is like that opening credit sequence which just feels like forced in awkward a lot of this movie felt forced yeah and it's it's just like there is the james gunn like pop song like kind of like edgy pop song with like brutal violence playing over it and it's fun it's not done poorly but there's not a natural build-up to it Mm -hmm. and it's edited kind of funny there's not really a natural build to the movie i think that's actually a good way of describing it yeah 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 no it, it, it expects you to just know that it's a comic book movie right which i'm not I'm somewhat okay with it. it. It's so aware of what it is that like, I can't blame it too much for that. But like, as far as telling a story and this is what I always come down to, like when you're trying to do a sequel to something, you know, it, it, you don't want to rely too much on that previous movie. I mean, sometimes obviously you have to, but just like, like treat it as if you're sitting around a campfire, tell mm-hmm. a story, please. Mm. And this movie doesn't, quite do that at least in the beginning yes <laughs> and there are certainly instances where it's like guys you you know this is silly right let's just go let's just get to the next scene the weasel like the weasel yeah which i like the weasel i kind of like the, the weasel. weasel made me laugh plays played by sean gunn which is kind oh, of that right yeah played by sean uh, of course of funny. course it was yeah when viola davis looked over at the guy sitting at the desk it, it was like no one looked into whether or not the weasel could swim like that that made me laugh yeah that was funny uh yeah here's how i described it It, it's kind of like james gunn is chasing the r rating rather than letting the movie dictate the rating if that makes any sense it kind of felt like he was tasked with making an r-rated edgy quote-unquote violent (laughs) quote-unquote yeah i I get that which i i have felt that way over the last several r-rated superhero movies like this one a deadpool i certainly felt that way oh yeah you know it, it it felt like the mission statement was to make something rated R. So we're going to squeeze in as many dick jokes as possible, even at the expense of comedy. And we're going to shove in as much violence as we can sometimes at the, um, to the detriment of like the impact of the violence. Like I didn't feel a lot of the violence in this movie. There's a moment where the giant shark, what's that guy's name? Oh, King shark or King shark. Uh, he has like a, like an actual name name. Uh huh. Nanau. Right. Nanawe. Nanawe. There you go. Okay. He rips a dude in half in this movie. And like you see his spine like split in half and you see all of the blood and guts and everything. And I mean, it just looked so fake and just so disposable. And I think that was my problem in general with the violence in the movie is not that it can't be fun. I mean, I'm a fan of 
glorified violence if it's fun, but like it also has to have an impact. It has to have a weight to it. And you know, that's the difference between Tarantino and most Tarantino imitators is that his violence always feels big yeah, and feels like it makes you scream or makes you scream or, you know, at, at least makes you unsettled, even if it is for the sake of violence or just fun. Yeah, it's fun or fun. Yeah. Here, I mean, it, it just felt like we were checking off some boxes. And it, it, I felt that way a lot. A lot of the violence and a lot of the humor just felt disposable and empty. <laughs> I guess in a way. It feels less so like that than like Deadpool's attempt to be edgy and violent, I yes. guess. I think it's a better movie than Deadpool. Which one? Both. I think it's better than both. However, I like two a little better than the first one. Hmm. Which Deadpool do you like more? The second one? I don't know. It's pretty even with Deadpool, man. Yeah. It's pretty close. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it's better or worse. Uh-huh. I like when James Gunn does this, though. I like his silly violence. I wouldn't say it never works. The King Shark ripping the guy in half is, like it just like you said, it just doesn't look real, so there's that. But then you're, like, like counteracted with, like, the scenes in the lab, which are quite disturbing, actually, with which the people scenes? who are just have the starfishes on their forehead. Oh, yeah, that's pretty And there's good. guys, like, skinned and cut in half and twitching, and they're, like, testing to see if they can withstand all this extra stuff, even with the starfish on their faces. The guy that's missing his face right. when they try to remove the star... Like, all that stuff is actually quite nasty and unsettling. It looks like something out of, like, a like a crazy biology camp where they're testing on humans or something. Yeah. It was, that was, you know, pretty, pretty unnerving. So that stuff always worked. And I don't know. I like most of the fun violence. There's like, but there's so much of it is the problem. There is a lot. It's, it's the, the issue is not so much that like none of it worked. There's just so much happening. All like, for example, like when the guy with the prods out of his head, when he just gets like his arms ripped off, I just didn't really care. When he gets thrown against the glass and just purees, I didn't really care. Uh, and you kind of get used to it. Maybe you're a little desensitized to it. But I don't know. I laugh when King Shark just walks up behind a guy and just swallows him whole. They're it's, a good laugh. It's funny. No, it's, it's solid. Like, oh. it, yeah. <laughs> and he just, he's like the most adorable thing. I fucking love King Shark. I'm just yeah. going to say it. I love good him. character. Good, I liked character. him. I was a little skeptical when I saw the trailer, but I like him too. I want to give him a hug. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know what the problem was too is I found a lot of the shock violence or the violence that was meant to surprise you very unsurprising when, you know, about 90 minutes into the movie. I'll give you an example. So the first scene is obviously like you think this is the team and almost all of the team dies. It's like that scene midway through Deadpool where (laughs) X-Force starts assembling and they're all exact same scene, same scene, right? So it's like, okay, I get you there. There's a subversion. That's the movie we thought we were going to see. Actually, it's something else entirely. And then they do the other scene in the middle of the movie where they're invading the camp and they think that the, great the people in the camp are the bad guys, but actually they're the good guys. And turns out they've slaughtered all of the rebel fighters. And but that really worked for me. That okay. Scene. That was so funny. fine. Yeah. You can have two of those scenes in a movie. Then you get to the scene where Harley Quinn is falling in love with the guy and then turns out she shoots him and because she swore if there were any red flags, I was going to kill the uh, potential lover. Which is just an elongated joke. Right. I kind of, I, I don't know where I fell on that There's one. There's a lot of that in the movie yes. though there's a lot of that yeah, exactly right it's elongated 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 and then we get to the punchline it's the same punchline that we just saw twice over 20 minutes yeah ago. exactly um and by the end of it i'm like oh of course she's gonna shoot him like of of course this character is gonna die of course that you know john cena is gonna turn out to be the bad guy spoiler alert like it, it it didn't feel like any of the twists really packed that hard of a punch because 
he blew his load too early. <laughs> sure. You know? And, and so, yeah, I have a hard time. People are saying like, yeah, it's a violent movie, but it has a lot of heart. It does. it does have a lot of heart. And it does have some stuff to say about like the military industrial complex and John Cena as the peacemaker. And he slaughters all women and children in the name of peace. And like, it's all in there. I, I get it. it. It just felt like a little too much excess, a little too much James <laughs> Gunn. Oh, yeah. And my big takeaway was like, maybe Disney is on to something and that the floor with their movies is always so high and I think the perfect Marvel movie, the platonic ideal of a Marvel movie is bringing in a guy like James Gunn and reining him in a little bit. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. I preferred the Guardians movies to basically every other James Gunn movie. So um, that's where I'm at. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's a good question. You, you, you have to question like whether or not it's about reining someone in or if the story's any good. Yes. I mean, the, the thing about the guardians movies is that those stories are just better stories than this This is about a group of people trying to blow up a tower. Yeah. You know, fine. It's not nearly as compelling as a guy like searching and discovering his father. Right. You know, and discovering that his father is actually a monster. Yeah, and those movies have a lot of heart contending with that. Right. So there's that. Um, uh, that being said, like there is, <sighs> There is a, I mean, he's James Gunn's stamp though, like as an artist is more on this movie than it is that first Guardians film. Correct. Not so much the second one. The second one to me is a full fledged James Gunn film front to back. Right. So in a way, like I, I, my heart is in this movie. I don't know if I think it's not a better movie than that first Guardians film, but there are aspects of me that appreciate this one a little bit more in some respects. And I will take it over most Marvel movies. That's what kind of what I'm saying. The vast majority of Marvel movies. Yeah. I would rather have this obviously. It but. is fun. I, I, en- I enjoyed my time for the most part. Yeah. Like I said, I didn't think all the story beats like fell into place as naturally as they could have. There's a little bit of a disconnect. It's the direction sometimes feels a little cold for me at hundred percent, you know, and and I I don't and know. They kill off a lot of characters too. Like yeah. there is a middle ground here where you know give us some emotional thrill. <laughs> Obviously was, Harley's not going anywhere, and Idris probably wasn't going to go anywhere. But I was, I was worried for King Shark though. I yeah, love that guy. I do love that. I guy. Really love that guy. <laughs> I wish he was here right now. I really love that that character. God. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> Friends. Friend. More dumb friends. <laughs> Bird. Bird. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. I love that guy. Nom nom. <laughs> it's always a question. I hate myself for loving that guy, but I love I that guy. I, I, I knew pretty immediately that I was, <laughs> when he's reading the book upside down. It's just really, like there's lots of like good stuff. It's not like there a, are good laughs in the movie. It's not like a laugh out loud funny. It's just yeah. like like the laughter like like informs the characters a lot of the time yeah. you know as i go back to a lot there's just levity purposes for a lot of the humor in this it's not it's, i wouldn't call it a comedy per se yeah you know i hate i hate to i always make this stupid comparison but like funny in the way that like back to the future is funny yeah you know not a comedy but it's funny right if that makes sense it does <laughs> it does make sense yeah, yeah, yeah. So. and and also uh margot robbie is harley quinn best character in this whole dc fucking shit show and it's not even close she's good yeah she this is one of one of the better versions of her i i did i love her quite a lot in birds of prey too i prefer birds of prey as a movie frankly this is my favorite of the dc really yeah it actually is okay yeah 
Yeah. I mean, there's not much competition. Well, that's the thing. Like, and it, it just feels like the, aside from, I guess, Zack Snyder's Justice League, it just feels like the, the closest you're going to get to an auteur piece by one of these fucking directors. Yeah. Uh, and I just prefer James Gunn's jib than Zack Snyder's. I mean, can you blame me? No. Uh, I cannot. So yeah, like, like his, <laughs> his goods are much better than that other guy's goods. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm, and I also like James Gunn is just much more tailor made for these characters. Let's just be honest. Oh, he gets the characters. Yeah. Yeah, for, I mean, they sure. are a group of characters called the Suicide Squad, and almost none of them died in that first movie. And this no. Is, you know, these are actual suicide missions that they went off on. I mean, I got to give movie credit. Any movie that, you know, shoots the face off of Pete Davidson within the first 10 minutes, I'm cool with. Because <laughs> fuck that guy. <laughs> Have you seen King of Staten Island no, yet? I just don't like Pete Davidson at all. I don't like, he doesn't belong in front of a camera. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, dude. Hmm. Lauren Michaels would disagree. Well, Lauren Michaels is frequently wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's, you can say that again. Uh, okay, good there. Yeah, no, I like the movie. It's a lot of fun. It's it is a it's a good movie. Three and a half star movie out of five. Yeah, if I were to give it a rating. Yeah, okay. let's do this. Main event time. Mm. I've come ready for a fight today. Oh. <laughs> I wonder if I'm going to get one. I don't know, but I have some brass knuckles in my pocket and I'm ready to go. So let's see. I'm ready for a good old fashioned Nico and Adam brawl. The movie is called old. It's a movie about people that go on a beach and get old. <laughs> it's a movie about Nico DiGregorio. <laughs> <laughs> it is directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Never heard of him. It also stars Gael Garcia Bernal, Vicky Kripes, Rufus Sewell. Love fucking Rufus Sewell in this movie. <laughs> and Alex Wolf. Oh, and also, what's her face from uh, Leave No Trace? Leave No Trace? Yeah, what the, what's the fuck? That, like, that girl's name. Uh, Thomas McKenzie. Oh. Who, who's, the, who's the French chick from uh, Phantom Thread? Vicky Kripes. Vicky Kripes. Okay, cool. Yeah. Abby Lee's also in this. Did you say that? Abby Lee's in this movie. Okay. And what is, uh, the, who's that Asian dude? Ken Long. Love that guy. We'll, we'll talk about Fucking Ken. love that guy. We'll talk about Ken That guy's Long. great in everything. We'll talk about Ken Long. Every time that dude shows up in like an NBC drama, I'm like, that dude. We'll talk about That's him. my dude right there. We'll talk about Ken Long. Old Adam. Adam? Whoa. Adam. I really like this movie a lot. I really like it. I love it, as a matter of fact. I love it. I, you know, it's not my number one movie of the year, but it's perhaps the movie that I love the most this year. It is the most fun I have had in a movie theater in a very, very, very long time. Mm. Mostly because I haven't been in a movie theater in a very, very, very long time. Yeah. <laughs> just a thrill. Just like it, the type of movie that just I can feel the endorphins firing off oh, in my yeah, brain yeah, yeah. Okay. as I'm watching it. Like I was just jazzed up for the entire two hours the thing just moves with yeah, this does. unbelievable pace it's never fucking boring the filmmaking is invigorating it is dazzling <laughs> the, the the shot selection and the cinematography and the way the camera like sort of drifts around that beach and the kids are playing freeze tag and it like stops on the kid that's frozen then it keeps going and like the the fucking weird like the movie will cut off half of a character's, character's face, face and it's like so unsettling and, and so unnerving. Um, it is the most direction, like just pure fucking direction that M night has done actually maybe ever in his career. 
Maybe. I would say ever. <laughs> it is by far and away my favorite M. Night movie since Unbreakable. And it's not even close. Whoa. I mean. It's, it's, it's not even fucking close. Jesus. Um, and like, if you hate the dialogue, suck a fucking dick. Suck a bag of dicks. Like, get over it. Just get over it. Like, you're going to an M. Night Shyamalan movie. If you're expecting like fucking <laughs> uh, like uh, David Mamet screenwriting, I don't know what to tell you, man. Well. Yeah, so it's whatever. I I was okay with it. I I checked my brain at the door and I was rewarded <laughs> by it. Uh, this movie rules. It rocks. It's awesome, and uh, I'm ready for a fight. It's well, it's a bad movie, but <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I don't think this was uh, like a traditionally good movie. Uh. Um coming from you for someone who likes dialogue so much yeah yeah that's a no i know i get it and that's i didn't i don't give a fuck i I get it i don't give a shit yeah it's not about the dialogue a hundred percent this this movie feels like um the m night Shyamalan brought like a wheel like a wheel that you spin right Mm -hmm. on a game show onto set and every time the dp turned to him i'm like what are we doing for this next setup i don't know (laughs) spin the wheel this one it is the most random direction I've ever seen bar none. Yeah. And it's not even close. Uh-huh. It is the most, it's some of the strangest directorial decisions I've seen. Um, acting that ranges from good to absolutely confounding. To dog shit. <laughs> to yes. Horrible. Yes. Horrible. Uh, the shot composition was interesting shall i say right. those cutoff scenes i was was taking me out of the movie every time they happened because i wasn't sure if it was intentional or not yeah there were several shots too which you like never see in movies like this where the camera is just fixed in a medium shot and it's just beach yeah and then the character sort of launches into the frame from below and it's like there was a lot of shit and maybe i'm stretching a little bit but that sort of conveyed the passage of time in a lot of ways, the way the camera sort of ticked around this Island, like a clock almost maybe. Um, I, I feel you. There's a lot of different <laughs> shots, no question about it, but it did sort of feel consistent to me. I, I never felt like I, I was out of the movie. Strangely. Yes. I actually kind of agree. And yeah. the feeling of this movie is the thing I'm really taken away from this because this, you know, when we watched um, color out of space yeah. and I've said, I never seen a movie with just so many fucking problems, but somehow the vibe of that movie just kind of works. Yeah. I enjoyed this movie. I was swept away. I, 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 honestly, yeah, it's not good. Yeah. It's not good, but... Not I, traditionally good. Not traditionally good at all, but you vibe with it. Yeah. I kind of liked it. Yeah. Strangely, I kind of liked it. It's a blast. It is a. It is just M. Night making a shitty thriller, and right. he's okay making a shitty thriller. Right. <laughs> and he sort of prefaces that before the movie starts, by the way, how important it is to go to the theater and watch these thrillers, and I'm so lucky to have been making thrillers all these years. <laughs> he does. There's an opening message, which makes which makes his cameo feel so so weird. Oh, how great that cameo! (laughs) It's the most bizarre fucking those heavy-handed M Night cameo. It's by far and away the best. Yeah, probably by far and away. Because a lot of times he'll be the character that just explains the plot. In this case, he is the character that brings the other characters to the plot <laughs> of the so movie. so funny to me. He literally <laughs> picks the characters up in a truck, <laughs> drives them to the plot, and then monitors the entire thing in Video Village up on the mountain. Yep. He's directing the movie in the movie. 
Yeah, it's per- so good. Basically, yeah. It, it, I, for a second there too, I thought it would it was gonna be one of those rubber situations that like really meta movie within oh, a movie god, type what things. If it did that? Oh my god! Like what if that was actually M Night Shyamalan and he actually brought the characters <laughs> to the beach and was just watching it for his it, upcoming movie? It does kind of fit in line with rubber in a weird way. You yeah, can, they work as good double bills, and when you see it's that visual cr- motif, oh what a double wow. bill! What a double feature! Strangely, I don't know what to make of that. I need but- to buy a movie theater so i can run that double feature <laughs> so good no it's just so obvious the yeah. movie's so fucking obvious so obvious like, like it down to like the, when they're explaining like why they're doing this and, and it's just like do you give this lecture to your employees every time as you all know <laughs> as, the work that we've yeah, been doing here as you all know there was so much of that dialogue yeah. in there the as you all know dialogue and i i saw the trailer and i thought oh government testing facility right and right. sure enough that's what it is yes uh i didn't think it would be that obvious spoilers for all yeah that's what it is a gov- basically it's a government a hotel testing facility right more specifically sure um boy is it is it is it on the nose in that way but, yeah. but it has most um, no, he's he's kind of transitioned into that and i guess i'm okay with it is what it is it's it's but it is just this like fever dream visceral experience that is just mixing all these weird ingredients it is the second it's hilarious you get it's so funny it can be so fucking funny yeah what's your name and occupation (laughs) and abby and i are just cracking up what was that movie that marlon brando (laughs) oh my god that was the funniest i I could not (laughs) stop laughing i'm like why the fuck is this happening why is this happening and then they explain oh he's a paranoid schizophrenic (laughs) like are you fucking kidding me (laughs) what (laughs) yeah it's so good it's so and it all culminates there are two moments that I thought, and it's been a very long time since I've been in a movie theater for a moment like this, where, and I think maybe Midsummer was one of those times when we were watching the movie, and it's like, oh, Ari Aster's not actually going to do this. Like, he's yeah. not actually going to go there. And then he fucking goes there. <laughs> There's two of those moments in this movie. Yeah, yeah. There is, of course, the calcium-deficient woman who becomes this like slender man in a cave because her bones begin breaking and yep. start contorting in different directions where like I, I was watching this with my little cousins and I just grabbed them during that moment and started shaking them like, Oh shit. Oh, shit! <laughs> like, it was, like one of those like awful YouTube reaction videos. Yep. That's what I was doing. Yep, yep. And uh, the teenage pregnancy moment, which is one of those like, Oh my God you cannot help but laugh and scream and just you leap out of your chair in a moment like that. And it's so disturbing and it's sad. Like it's a fucking sad movie. That's the, that's the undercurrent. It's bizarre. It and sad. ridiculous. Strangely, it does become quite sad. It's yet. a fucking sad movie. Yeah. And like you're watching that scene and in one, yeah, one side of your brain, it's playing as like a tragic comedy and the other side of your brain, it's like the most entertaining, hilarious thing you've ever seen. <laughs> You know, like, oh, my God, these two poor kids are just doing what kids do when they hit puberty. And at the same time, like, oh, my God, she's pregnant. Yeah. So good. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) That fucking scene, man. (laughs) The way he shoots it, too, where it's like both of the characters, you can only see about an eighth of their face. Oh, yeah. And well, it's heavily implied of what they're going to do before they actually do it. Oh, my God. And it's just like a great way of subtly like laying out that their their attraction for one another. Yeah. And how, how they sort of become closer. one person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The camera is exactly. making them one person. Yeah. And then you just see him put his hand on her hip. And I'm just like, 
They're not. What? <laughs> what? Mm? Like mm? a lemur. Yeah. <laughs> you just, just poked up like a lemur. What? <laughs> and this is problematic for a number of reasons, by the way. <laughs> what part? The underage sex? Well, the underage sex is a big issue. Um, which feels like an oversight on his part. Like, I, I, I'm sorry, but what? like, they don't know what to do. They're six. They don't get it. No, but their bodies are telling them to do it. How? Like, just because you have hormones, you have to understand sure. what to do. No, you don't. Yes, you do. You Animals d- fucking do it. That's not what they have the mindset of children. It's though. instinctual. No, they don't. Well, they 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 have the the mindset in terms of like their education level yeah, yeah. and their ability to speak and shit is childlike but their instincts are pubescent i don't think that would happen right <laughs> i don't think that would happen if you don't have I any mean, context well, at for some how- point somebody did it because <laughs> they experimented well, I mean, some, no, somebody did it so at some point it was like this looks like it would feel good and they just did it i don't know there is a part of you that naturally wants to have sex yeah sure yeah sure i guess <laughs> it would it would help if they understood it a little bit better as kids i don't know it's whatever it is yeah, kind of whatever but you're right in the sense that here's the problem with the m night scripts <laughs> we could have this conversation all day yeah. but he does have a way of over explaining certain aspects and just not even addressing other ones. The, like I think about that the, the last scene in the village where they're revealing how these people could have lived inside of a park for and so long. And it's just him covering plot holes. Right. That's all it is. And that's Trying all to, do anyway. But and it's like you know he talks about the planes flying yeah. overhead. They had to make it a no fly zone. And it's like M Night. Nobody's asking about the planes, but you felt the need to explain it in yeah, there. Exactly. And they, he does a lot of that here too. He explains the pregnancy mm-hmm. or he explains the um the the fingernails and the hair not growing like. We don't need that. Like, well, we have sus- suspended enough disbelief just by walking into the theater. Exactly. You know, but but like that, even that, that that's the problem though. It's like like you don't the amount of talk. Like I keep kept thinking about like if he took a a split approach with the script. Not so like I, I'm fine with the direction being this wacky because right. boy, boy is it an experience. And also, but to show this trailer to any movie fan and they're not going to mistake it for anything but an M night movie. Sure. It, it is. It is very M night in the direction. Like oh there's, yeah. There's oh, nobody yeah. else making movies quite like this in, in the past, you know, six Sense, unbreakable, whatever you would maybe mistake it for a Spielberg movie um, split. You might mistake for again, like uh, any other Blumhouse, uh, you know, B movie. This one, it is M night through and through the entire way. <laughs> sure. You know, sure. Maybe to a fault. Yeah. I, I do think like this is him going back to his bad streak. It's, it's certainly on the lesser end of things for me. Mm. It's like, cause like, dude, it's really not that good, <laughs> but you have to, you have to be okay with the, uh, uh, I guess your emotions. Right. <laughs> cause I do watch this and like, even though like it has so many fucking problems. Yeah. Cause like I said, like that, that pregnancy seat, like that, cause then I have to ask like, like wh- why would they, <laughs> what are they just immediately attracted to each other like i just yeah. had somebody like they're just immediately like they're in love let's but why are they in love like what and we're not gonna get divorced like you guys did i was like what like another moment that is so awful but really sad I, <laughs> like it is like a really like because it's going on in the midst of like chaos the woman's having a baby and the guy is but the chaos is, is becoming funny. A schizophrenic the, the, and the, you know it's this but that's what i'm saying it's like this these elements that are not supposed to come together yeah and it's like you know like like explosive chemistry where it's like you throw things together that obviously are going to create problems but the reaction is this 
this really almost exhausting experience and often quite upsetting experience in a way that like clearly that's what he was going for. And now sure. he, he did a very roundabout way of doing it. <laughs> yeah. But he, he got there. And that, that, that's why the movie like like kind of gets me. It's like. I, I got to admit, like you manipulated me in the strangest way. You didn't manip- you didn't need to manipulate me in that way. Right. Hitchcock would have been shooting himself <laughs> yeah. watching you do what He's you're doing. rattling in his grave. But getting frustrated that you actually got there anyway. Sure. And that's the, the, the weird thing. It's impossible yeah. to call this movie a failure. No, it's not a failure. It's not at it's all not a, a failure. failure. Yes. You know, it's but it's the most. <laughs> I'm going to quote Bill Burr here okay. when he was talking about Donald Trump's win. Yeah. Where, it's, where he's, he, he went on Conan and he was saying how Hillary blew it. Right. And he's like, (laughs) he's like, you lost to a guy who said one thing every week that would have tanked everyone's career 10 times over. I don't know how you did that. It's like this guy doing the hurdles and tripping over every single fucking hurdle. But somehow he manages to make it to the finish line before all those much faster and much more qualified people. Right. That's what this feels like to me. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. Like he's a madman. This guy's a madman. <laughs> and this is where I disagreed with you about why is this a thing. It is the epitome okay. of why is this a thing to a T. And I'm a little annoyed that we didn't do it on why is this a thing because I would have loved to also have had this discussion with Nick. Okay, because he might have liked it too. Okay, let's have him watch it and maybe do like 20 minutes on it. I'd love to do that because yeah. it is so... I just thought it was too good for it. No, really? <laughs> we have done good movies on why is this a thing? No, I know. But like, again, good in like none of the ways I expected. Like, I just don't know. It's hard. It's a hard movie for me to square for sure. Sure. Uh, but like, I have to be honest, like I... It was so entertaining. It's it's so fucking it's entertaining. It's such a blast. And yes. it's really quick too. Yes. For, it's It's really... Hard to conceive of the same man making Unbreakable in Six Sense, <laughs> which are two movies that are really like art house in a way. Like the pacing is very slow, and it's a very mel- those are both melancholic, meditative movies. And uh, this one is just bare knuckle. We're just going for it, mm-hmm. you know. Th- this is uh, one of my favorite lines, and I've read a bunch of reviews for old, but th- this is probably my favorite one. It-, it is written by Richard Brody of the New Yorker. Uh, and the opening sentence is just as it takes a tough man to make a tender chicken. It takes a smart filmmaker to make a stupid movie, <laughs> which I mean in the best possible way. Yeah, I like that. I like you that. know, like he is a really talented man. M night. Um, yes, I agree. I and agree. it just feels like sometimes he's gotten out a, a little too ahead of his ambition. You know, he is or his ambition has gotten ahead of his, his capabilities. Maybe he's slumming it. Maybe this is him getting drunk <laughs> right. in a good way, though, or, or taking the, some really intense cocaine. Right. And, you know, even though he's he's kept telling his children he's not going to do it. I swear I'll be good. Right. I swear I'll be good. And so I, you know, I go and make a split and then you go and you do this. Yeah. It's like, oh, glass didn't quite turn out the way I'd hoped. I'm going back to it, man. I'll tell you what, the glass <laughs> is another fucking weird movie. Though. Okay. Yeah. Glass is really ambitious in terms of the script. And yeah, you're right. It probably was a failure, although not a box office one. You know, we've been talking about this now for two weeks, the evolution of this guy's career. Like mm. he just keeps leveling up uh, as a Pokemon. <laughs> um, and I'm really into this one too. Like I, I feel like the back half of M Knight's career is about to be way more interesting than the front half. Um, maybe, maybe. And I think, you know, after earth and last airbender, we thought he was done. And I, you know, um, he spoke a lot about when he made split, because it was such a low budget movie, he financed that thing in himself. He mortgaged his own house and, you know, 
just scraped together all the money in order to make that movie work because he felt like he needed to have something at stake again. He felt like he needed more mm. risk. And it was a level of risk that he had not felt since he made Sixth Sense in Unbreakable, where he had okay. something to prove. Um, and he had to put that new challenge in front of himself. I'm going to make a movie for $5 million with only one major star. And let's see what I can do with the camera. Um, just like sitting in one place and not mm. like the most fancy fucking uh, Deacon cinematography in the world. Right. And same thing with glass. And here it feels like he's challenging himself again. Like the, the universal let him back into the, the clubhouse. Right. Like yeah. they gave him the keys to the Maserati again. Um, and uh, it doesn't feel like he's resting on his laurels. <laughs> and I think that's so refreshing because I think that was the trajectory of his career pre split. I agree. Um, or I guess pre the visit. Yeah. But I'm into this. I am totally into M night just turning into the absurdity. <laughs> I'm totally into it. Yes. Yes. I, I, uh, uh, I, I get, I, you and I are so funny with this because yeah, I, you know, I don't know how you're appreciating this film. I, I hate most M Night movies. Yeah, I hate them. <laughs> I had to give it like this happens sometimes, though. Like you just get used to his M Nightisms and yeah. you ignore them eventually. <laughs> like they, they, they <laughs> yeah, just sort of washes over you. Maybe had I not seen this movie after rewatching a bunch of M Night. Yeah, movies, that's also true. You know, I just watched Glass. I had just rewatched The Village. I had just rewatched Signs. Um and like, I just started picking up on his rhythms and I allowed myself to sort of look and, you know, drift my attention elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And th I think that's what happened here. Getting used to being offbeat is the funny thing, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't well, know. Getting used to not that just like the bad dialogue, like the stuff that you go in knowing is going to be bad. Yeah. Like you just know, like the, the lead performances are going to be underwhelming if not horrible yeah and you know the dialogue is going to be heavy-handed mm -hmm. and you know there's going to be a lot of exposition oh and yeah you know the twist is not going to be satisfying <laughs> you just know all that so if you go in accepting it and you just buckle in for the thrill ride uh, how can you be disappointed i guess that's f fair in a way I, I again i always question the longevity of something like that you know it's 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 certainly what i what i will give it is definitely one of those theater experiences that I don't think I'll forget. Never. So there's definitely that. Never. It's, 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 I mean, it's not my favorite film of the year, but it's one of my more favorite like theater going experiences. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To, to, to negatives though. It's like actual like things that I was just getting mad at the movie for where okay. like the opening 20 minutes is very slow. Well, the opening and close are both bad. It's just like it really, yeah, yeah. yeah. The close is not particularly good and it's very awkward and it's actually kind of poorly directed in my opinion. It has three endings. Yep. Yeah. And I, I felt like all of the endings got successively worse. Yep. Like I, I just feel like end the movie with them dying on the beach. Cool. I was cool with that. And with them but, dying in the coral. Cool. And But I knew the problem is I felt like they weren't going to do. I just kind of knew it wasn't going to yeah. happen. Even end with M night going back to the hotel. Cool. Mm hmm. And then we get even end with them bringing down the corporation. Cool. Then they go in the helicopter again. It's <laughs> yeah, like, I was like, come on. Too many endings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too many. Way, end. too, way too many. Yeah. But the build up to them getting to the beach took way too long. Yes. And it wasn't everything prior was not very interesting. And I was trying to figure out what the movie was doing. And it does serve a purpose as we later figure out. But it's just a slow start. And it's one of those instances where it's like it, the, from a storytelling perspective, it's strange because you know, the, I, 
I, I doubt the audience has really accepted a lot of that stuff prior. You know, it's just nothing happens. Mm. Like ba- basically nothing happens, even though we learned that there was stuff going on in terms of the craft. Uh, yeah, I would have liked a little more momentum. I would have liked to have cared a bit more. You know, it was very stiff. But a lot of lazy exposition. Too, yeah. In terms of like, I'm a nurse. Yes. Nice to meet you. Exactly. I'm a doctor. I'm a nurse. That okay. That actor. We got to talk about that. That guy. <laughs> yeah, Ken Young. It's Ken Lung. It's the worst performance this year, <laughs> but it's also the best performance this year. <laughs> it <laughs> works. No, he did. No, the actors are at least all cued the same way. That's always been my thing with M Night. Are if they? He's bad. He's uniformly bad. Like they all feel like they exist in the same movie. They're not all bad though. That's okay. that's why it's so well, funny. I think to some me. of them are maybe more effective at doing that thing than others. But again, I never felt like one was out of place. He sucked. Okay. <laughs> he was every he, every single line was not communicated properly at all. I uh, mean, it was remarkably bad how bad he was. But every line is so funny. So funny. It's just gold. I'm like <laughs> your stupid open mouth. Your wide eyes, your stone face, saying this ridiculous dialogue. Who would give up 20 years of their life to take that chance? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, we just got here. What happened? (laughs) Don't worry, I can make it. I was on the swim team. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. This guy was cracking me up i was just bawling in the theater and everyone's like what the fuck are you laughing at i'm like how are you not laughing at that jesus christ it's it's so good dude mid-sized sedan mid-sized fucking sedan but his performance is good it's good performance he's good in the movie but that's what i'm talking like he's a genuinely good performance front to back and then you get the the other dude (laughs) saying those ridiculous slides i'm like why m night but again it's like you 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 spun the wheel on your actors too It's like, why, why does this feel so fucking random? And it's just weird. Like, again, I, I, I wonder what this movie would have felt like if it was directed by like a Jeremy Sonier uh-huh. who, who it'd be fucking boring. Let's be honest. It'd be, boring. no, I don't want to see Sonier no. do this. I, I seriously, I don't No, no but this is where I completely, I dis- love Jeremy Sonier movies. I don't want him doing this. No, but this is where I completely disagree with you because I see this movie. I'm like, this could be like one of those great thrillers going on a beach and getting old. Maybe it's a great premise. Uh, it's a wonderful premise. Okay. I love this fucking premise, All right. but it is so absurdly executed. And like I said, stumbles to the finish line. You don't have a consistent experience with it. It is just this bizarre thing that somehow works emotionally. If not, if not always, you know, like in the most traditional way. And it certainly doesn't work on paper as much as it, as it should when you hear that premise. It's like, if I were to read this script, I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) If I were to be a fly on the wall on the set, I'd be like, what the fuck is he doing? It's just nothing should work. And by all accounts, it doesn't. But like I said, somehow I came out of it like, I don't know why that worked. I think it felt more but intentional I, to me than it did to you. Oh, nothing about this feels intentional in a lot of ways. Just because the shot selection and the music and it's like it it all did feel. It's of a, a choice, though. It's like, a, yeah, he's I, making choices. I, I, I think that's my point. No, but that's what I I, I certainly agree that they're choices. But like right. I said, they it's just like, let's just do it. Yeah. Why? I don't know. 
Yeah. Let's just do it. It's like, and he commits to it. He's like, no, I made this choice. We're going to, we're going to shoot it this way. We're going to do a, a, a steady cam pullout that also turns into a, a zoom. Yeah. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. What was right. that? And it's just for no reason. Right. They're doing, they're building the sandcastle and they do that. I'm like, what? Like what? Yeah. It just, it just did not communicate anything to me other than that was bizarre. And it kind of took me out of the movie. Well, it does communicate something's wrong with this beach. But we already know something's wrong with the beach. <laughs> it's been like an hour. Cripe says there's something going on on this beach. <laughs> we know that something's fucking wrong with the beach. <laughs> Your bones are breaking. Something's wrong with the beach. <laughs> Maybe it changes our cells and it and it makes them age faster. It's it's it's, 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 it's like I can't I can't. I can't talk about this movie objectively. This movie's so good. It's so weird. It's so good. <laughs> but like, here's the thing: I don't know why it's good. It oh. just, it just is good. It, it, I've never. This is the thing: it's like I've never experienced anything like it. It's like yeah. I would recommend it. I, I, yeah, hundred percent. I, I would recommend one hundred percent. If you're reading reviews or you're looking at the Rotten Tomatoes score and it's turning you off, don't listen. And that's how I knew, like, okay, yeah, maybe I did like the movie because I was like, you know, something. I would love to see what other people think about this. Right. Movie. Yes, yes, a, yes, 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 yes. It would yes. be a fun watch with yeah. anybody. Yeah. It's a great, I, I, I mean, for, for in all contexts, you could just watch this for a good Friday night, a good like chill with your girlfriend, all those things. You could watch it and get drunk and enjoy it, or you uh-huh. could watch it not drunk and enjoy it. Yeah. It's, it's this movie that just somehow falls into all weird categories. It yeah. is both a terrible movie and somehow a very good movie. Yeah. I don't know what that is, but it, it sometimes, it somehow accomplishes it's it. It's an M. Night movie. An, but M. Night movies can be really great. Like, yes. this is what I'm talking about. It's like the difference between like making a wholesome film that is just on all accounts, like just a, a brilliantly executed piece, like Unbreakable or The Sixth Sense. And then this, that is just like an abstract work that... It just feels like free form where he just threw the, 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 the storyboards out because obviously he had a script, but he threw the storyboards out. Well, a, a, according just, to most reports, there was actually a lot of storyboarding which going is on. Really weird to me. Because, uh, and this is a result of COVID. Obviously, it's a movie shot on an island. It made sense to do it in the midst of COVID. I think they started production uh, maybe a month or two after the COVID pandemic started. Uh, he just had so much time to sit in a hotel room and plan this shit out because there was so little room for experimentation on the day of filming. Yeah. So he had, you know, months and months to just storyboard and storyboard and think about how he was going to construct it because you can't just like show up on set and go two weeks, you know, over budget and, you know, have a bunch of people just hanging out in confined spaces all the time. Um, (laughs) So in many ways, like it is a very COVID movie. It is of the time, not just in terms of how the production was, uh, was laid out, but also this idea of losing a year of your life and just like yeah, that's true. life moving too fast and you're wasting away as this outside thing starts killing you. Mm-hmm. Like, um, so like it, I, I think in many ways it was the most heavily directed because he had so much time to storyboard. No, that's true. That's true. He definitely was when you're left to your own devices like that, you could do whatever you want. Clearly. I mean, Jesus Christ, he's just off the chain in this movie, isn't yeah. he? Yes. Oh boy. And, and you know, the, th- the thing about it too, for me is that like there is just an endearing quality to the way it's just sort of shot chopped together Mm -hmm. you know like this despite like in spite of itself a lot of the time it just 
keeps kind of working and the scenes that are supposed to be kind of sad where it's like the mom and the dad are just sitting on the beach and he's talking about how he read her texts which is like I didn't think the film would like initially when I started watching it would earn a moment like that but you know it kind of does oh it does it kind of does I'm okay with I it I think that scene's like a like a triumph yeah it's sad I really it's, do it's, I think it's, it's really good it's oddly touching and not because it's like it's not like a tear he's, no one's crying in that scene it's just like an, a, a weird idea of acceptance that I was okay with, and it was just, I don't know, touching. Yeah, when the two of them just accept their fate, yeah. as they're sitting there in the middle yeah. of the night, and he dies, and she like gets up, and then she sits right back down, and she dies, but the camera doesn't quite catch up to her as yep. it's panning around Which the beach. Which is a great like, choice. I was like, God, it's really fucking good. Like, like it's really good shit. Like, like it's a, it's a fascinating choice. Yeah. Like I said, there's, this is, but this is what I was saying, there's so many choices yeah. that, yes, Many of them don't work for me, but like I, yeah, it, it, it I don't know. His confidence as a director, it's so just, confident, just shine through. Like it's so, confident. he's not ashamed of a damn thing he's doing. In he this did movie. it his way. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I respect the movie so goddamn much. I mean, yeah. so goddamn much. Yeah. So for yeah, for that, it's 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 certainly a triumph. I was like, you know, something like. Yeah, like I, I see a version of this movie that is like this brilliant thriller. It's not a brilliant thriller, Nico. It's not. It's uh, <laughs> what's the line? The genius is he who is most like himself. Yeah, in a way. Right. <laughs> uh, that's the one I'll go with there. I could say that about a lot of filmmakers, but yeah, um, it's 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 just something. And I don't think it's entirely what it intended to be, but it it I don't know. It, it comes out as something that I'm I'm strangely okay with. It's a dish that looks unappealing at times, but you know something? I've never tasted anything quite like it. Never. I'll take another bite. I will. I'll take another bite. Yeah. Okay. Hell okay. Yeah. Why do you have a toenail in there? Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Is that a is that a maggot? I'll, I'll go. I'll take that out of there and I'll feed it to my birds. Yeah. And I'll keep eating. Well said. Well said. Man, Adam, I'd love to get old with you on a beach one day. <laughs> oh, we will, Nico. Don't you worry. Next, next to Taylor Swift, mm. it'll be fun. I, I think more movies need to be made about getting old, but as horror movies, that is my opinion. <laughs> I think we need we need more like this. <laughs> like, because you know, I, I talked about this when we did Synecdoche, New York. Um, that is a movie that just plays as a straight horror film. Yeah. <laughs> straight <laughs> horror. It's a weird blend. And I actually think Charlie movie. Kaufman said when he wrote it, he wanted it to be, a horror he wrote movie. it as a horror movie. It was initially commissioned as a horror movie. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I've ever seen a movie that addresses the issue of hate as, of aging as like this monster lurking in a cave. Yeah. I know. Which is really interesting. It is really interesting. I actually yeah. deeply appreciated about that, which was cool. I didn't expect that at all. Right. You know, and when on reflection, it's an, it's a, it's a, kind of a brilliant idea right oh, and that's what i keep saying it's a great premise the I guy really, does ideas really yeah he's a great idea man the for guy sure. does ideas he's got ideas lots of them no i'm i'm just saying i it's because it is a contained thriller at the end of the day and i do see a version of this that's a little more careful and a little more subtle with its approaches while still honing in on some really brilliant ideas and you know being a much more I, I don't know, a much more profound cinematic experience mm. and it can still work really well. I don't know who would have been the guy to do it beside Shyamalan, but you know, there is a version of this story that does, you know, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's not as, uh, 
it what what, what would what would you call that like i, I don't want to say careless with the choices just uh fearless not, 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 i don't know it's right it's is it fearless is is rash it, bold ra- i would say rash yeah. yeah maybe rash is a great way to describe it yeah yeah i like that okay uh all right I said this on why is this a thing this week. There has not been a summer this weird in a very long <laughs> yes, time. Yes, that's very true. <laughs> it just hasn't. Um, hey, look, go see Suicide Squad if you want. Uh, go good. see Black Widow. I mean, what like what? However you want to do summer, you do summer. But this is a summer for me and you. Pigs out there, olds <laughs> out there, Green Knight lurking out there. Uh, there are just strange <laughs> creatures in every other multiplex. Um, and I would recommend checking this one out. We got French Dispatch coming up. Coming in October. And Dune. And Dune. Mm-hmm. I'm really into this year. I'm really into it's it. It's a weird year. It's a weird year. It feels like b- movies have, have like, like I don't know. Jump tra- the shark. Tra- jump the shark transcended people's minds. Like now that people have turned away from a lot of them, it's like, let's just party yeah the, the it, parents are gone for yeah, the weekend yeah, let, let's, yeah let's just party at the delta house while everyone's right. studying <laughs> exactly not the delta variant house right just oh i guess <laughs> oh but, uh, you know what bring on the delta variant that house too. baby <laughs> <laughs> i think that's what they're calling amc now it's the delta variant house i love it i love it <laughs> all right that's it um fun two weeks from now Harry Potter podcast. It's coming. Okay. Should I give you an update? I liked part three better than one and two. Good. As you should, because it's very good. There's my update. It's very good. (laughs) It's coming two weeks from now. Promise. And you you might even like the fourth one more because it's just an action movie. But okay. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. All right. That is around the corner. That'll be. uh, Yep. That'll be coming. I think August 26th. And then we have some fun shows planned in the in the forthcoming months. Jabril texted us today. We must do our Wes Anderson podcast to coincide with the French Dispatch coming out That's right. in October. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure we'll be doing Dune shit too. That might be more wise. This a thing, yeah. honestly. Yeah, yeah. We'll be talking lots of Dune. Lots of Dune. Dune's coming again. Dune's, Get more Dune. More Dune Sember. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, we're doing Dune Sember again. Oh boy. <laughs> Uh, go to the website tmt.media too many thoughts media.com join the discord follow us on letterboxd I'm not on letterboxd anymore you're off have you quit it cold turkey yep. you'll be back no nope, I hate it you'll be back I despise it why uh, yeah it was making me depressed so I got rid of it <laughs> yeah it's a mental health thing no, I, I really hate it. I, 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 I don't like it at all. So, Well, I'm on Letterboxd. Yeah. I'm at ND Gregorio on there. Yeah. And I guess you can look at Adam's previous reviews at Adam Hall. Go ahead. <laughs> Love ya. Yep. So very, very much. And until next time. Uh, nom nom. Nom nom.